So I'm going to tell you about something that's kind of weird, right? My wife loves GPS. She just loves it. And early on in our relationship, when we were married, uh, it would get on my nerves so bad. We'd be driving to Walmart a couple miles down the road, and, and I'd be driving, and I'd look over, and she'd have it mapped out on her GPS. And that got on my nerves, and I think it probably really just hurt my, uh, hurt my pride, right? Uh, you know, I got this. I got this under control. I can get us to Walmart and back without us, uh, you know, getting lost. We also d- used to do something. We'd move to a new area or something like that, and I would just, you know, want to drive around and go down different roads. And she would just be, at that time anyway, she was nervous. She didn't like not knowing where we were going. Now, my dad uh, is probably watching right now, and he kind of hates to use GPS unless he absolutely has to. And uh, he loves to go different ways than the GPS tells him to go. Uh, He likes to defy the orders. Uh, But when we're going far away to a different state into a different city that we've never been before, it is nice, right, to have that uh, thing to rely on, this GPS to tell us where to go. And last week, we talked about how the Holy Spirit guides us. And another function of the Holy Spirit is that He comforts us. We told you those three things at the very beginning, the first message that the Holy Spirit guides, comforts, and corrects. The Holy Spirit is like a GPS. He has our life mapped out in the directions that God wants us to go, and and He wants to guide us to turn to the left or to the right. But sometimes we don't go the right way. What does the GPS say when we go the wrong direction? He says, recalculating, recalculating. Now, that's much nicer than what I would say if I was the GPS, right? I'd say, I'd say like, hey, moron, what are you doing? You're not listening to me. Why did you miss that turn back there? But that's not what happens, right? It's this nice, sweet, comforting voice that says, recalculating. The GPS is saying, I'm not giving up on you. I know you missed a turn. I know that you're not going the way that I told you to go. It's going to take a little bit longer. You might have to make a U-turn, but I will still get you there. Recalculating. And some of you have taken some wrong turns in your life. And the Holy Spirit is here today to tell you, hey, you went the wrong direction. You got off the route the right way. And now the Holy Spirit wants you to run to him and to get that comfort that he is offering to be relieved from that guilt and that shame and to be guided back to the feet of Christ. He's saying, hey, let's recalculate and proceed to the route that God has planned for you. It might take a little longer, but I can still get you there. I'm not going to give up on you. And some of us are listening today and we feel like that God is mad at us and we don't want to run to him because we feel like that he has got us at an arm's length because we've made some wrong turns and he's ready just to pounce on us because we've made uh, some mistakes and some decisions to turn away from him. But never be afraid to run to God and let him recalculate your life and then proceed to the root. If you're listening and you're saved, you're a child of God, and you feel like God's wrath is pointed at you, 
Understand that as a child of God, the only thing that he wants for you is for you to get right. You've got some things in your life and they're things that are hurting you. And he wants you to let go of those things and run to him. See, God's wrath is reserved for the enemies of God. Those that reject the sovereignty and kingship, those that blaspheme him by rejecting him. That's who God's wrath is pointed at. But those of us that are children of God, uh, it's not his wrath that is pointed at us. It is his correction and his discipline, which the point of that is not to punish us, but to bring us back to him. We talked about last week that God's mercy doesn't give us license to sin. It gives us more of a reason not to sin. Why would you want to sin against the God that continually will forgive you and welcome you back into his arms over and over again? He's so full of grace and compassion and kindness and forgiveness. As children of God, we don't face his wrath. We face his correction and the consequences of our own sin. Any pain in your life from God is the pain of God trying to pry our fingers from the things that hold that we hold on to more tightly than we hold on to him. Any pain from God that we have in our life is pain of God trying to pry our fingers from the things that we hold on to more tightly than we hold on to him. And he knows ultimately those things are going to hurt us. See, Jesus paid the price of our punishment already. God's God's wrath is not pointed at you. That punishment was paid on the cross. Romans 5, 8 says that God commended his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The next verse goes on and says, Since therefore we've now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. So what's the point? The point is God is not angry at you. God is not uh, wanting you to stay a Uh, arm's length away. God is ready for you to run to him. Get right. Never think it's too many times to be forgiven. You might have heard the song called Drops in the Ocean. And it plays on the radio sometimes, but it's got some awesome lyrics. And it goes like this. I want you as you are, not as you ought to be. Won't you lay down your guard and come to me? The shame that grips you now is crippling. It breaks my heart to see you suffering because I am for you. I'm not against you. If you want to know how far my love can go, just how deep and just how wide. If you want to see how much you mean to me, look at my hands and look at my side. If you could count the times I say you are forgiven, it's more than the drops in the ocean. Don't think you need to settle for a substitute when I'm the only love that changes you. Open your eyes. It's time to start again. God is for you today. He's not against you. Take comfort in that and run to him. 
And when you're feeling like God is mad at you, I want to tell you, run to Romans chapter 8. It's the perfect chapter when you feel like that. The comforter has come. Romans chapter 8 says uh, in verse 31, What shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Verse 35 goes on and says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? What's going to separate us from the love of God? Verse 38 says, For I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels, angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing can separate you from God. If you are a child of God, if you put your faith and trust in what Jesus did on the cross, you cannot be separated from his love. Take comfort today in that, my child. Hey, there is nothing that breaks my heart as a father, nothing that breaks my heart more than when my son or daughter is broken over their own sin. Man, that, that just melts my heart. When, I, when they know that they have messed up and they know that they cannot blame anyone else and they realize the weight of what they've done, my immediate reaction is to comfort them. Nothing melts my heart from correction to love and forgiveness and comfort quicker. And how much more is the perfect Father in heaven ready to forgive when we come with a heart of repentance? 2 Corinthians 1, 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. The Holy Spirit is our comforter. The word in the Greek is paraclete, one who consoles and comforts, one who encourages and uplifts and refreshes, one who intercedes on our behalf. This verse we just read tell us that God the Father wants to comfort us in all of our tribulation, in all of our trouble. And that might even mean you're sitting there today and the tribulation and trouble that you're in is because you brought it on yourself. But God wants to comfort you in that today. He wants to draw you to himself, even if you dug your own grave this morning. He wants to comfort you in all tribulation and all trials. And he does that through his Holy Spirit. The comforter has come. So go and get to that place where you're broken over your sin and your apathy and your ingratitude and your bitterness and your lack of focus. And when you've fallen into temptation and you've messed things up again, God wants to take those lesser things from you and replace them with his mercies and his will for your life. So go to him and give them up. 
Repentance melts the heart of God from correction to love and comfort. So why are you waiting? Why are you holding on to those things? Run to God today. But some of our lives are characterized by struggle. Is it supposed to be that way? Well, the Bible tells us that if you are a child of God, that you shouldn't live a defeated life. You should live in victory. 1 Corinthians 15, 57 says, But thanks be to God who gives us the victory. How? Through our Lord Jesus Christ. Run to him. He doesn't want you to struggle today. Don't believe the lie that God is mad at you and he is giving you the silent treatment or the cold shoulder. He is waiting for you to run to him. Maybe you're listening today and you don't feel very comforted. You know you're saved. You might even know that there's really not anything between you and God, no sin that's standing in the way. But you don't feel that comfort and peace that you wish you did. The truth is that sometimes the Holy Spirit speaks that comfort into our lives. But other times, God uses us as the hands and the feet to comfort those that are around us. And we're, as Christians, supposed to speak words of comfort to each other. I wonder how many times, if we were listening and operating under the power of the Holy Spirit, that he would move us to reach out and speak those words of encouragement and uplift those in our lives. Who would he draw us to if we would listen? Sometimes God uses his hands and feet, and that's you to comfort someone else. Sometimes you're supposed to be the comforter through the power of the Holy Spirit. So what would our church look like if we followed that uh, pattern and we comforted those that were around us that were suffering and we listened to the Holy Spirit? What if today, instead of running from God's comfort, you ran toward the comfort, uh, the comfort of the Holy Spirit And then you ran toward the people around you with that comfort and comforted them. That's what it told us to do in 1 Corinthians 1.3. It says that God comforts us in all of our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. Again, we find That our life is not about us. Your life is not about you. God always gives us things for us to give them away. The same thing is true of comfort. God gives you comfort so that you might comfort someone else. Why does God operate that way? Because he tells us it's better for us to give than to receive. It's better for us to give comfort than to receive comfort. The best way for you to receive the comfort from the Holy Spirit is for you to find someone else to comfort and to give that comfort to them. The way to get help with your grief is to help someone that's grieving. How would it help your depression if you reached out to someone else that was depressed? But too often we get so involved with ourselves and just full of ourselves rather than stepping out to do something we know that we can't do without the power of the Holy Spirit. Someone that's listening right now might be rejecting the comfort that's offered by the Holy Spirit. 
You might be rejecting that comfort because you want to live in the pain. Because you think that having that pain is, is something to hold on to because it's something that you can control. Or maybe that anger inside you, you don't want to accept the comfort of the Holy Spirit because that anger inside you makes you feel important. But that's a, a tortured way to live. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Jesus tells us, come to me, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. The Holy Spirit guides and he corrects and he comforts. So what's keeping you from the comfort of the Holy Spirit this morning? If it's sin, run to God, let it go. Let go of the things, the lesser things that you're holding on to and have faith that God has something better for you. If it's hurt, lay it down. You can't live in that pain all the time and have comfort in knowing that your pain is small compared to the eternity of life. It's just a moment. There's a next life we're living for. And the pain that other people have caused us is nothing compared to the pain that we have caused God. And yet he forgives us and he loves us and he takes us back. If it's hurt that's keeping you, lay it down. If it's self, get over it, get past it. The Bible tells us to die to self. God has mercy and love and grace and forgiveness and comfort that is just waiting for you more than the drops of the ocean. Nothing should keep you from running to God, your Father, today. In John 14, 18, he says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Other versions say it this way, I will not leave you comfortless. God wants you to have peace and comfort in the storm. And if you're a child of God, he sent the Holy Spirit to do that job. Jesus didn't leave us alone. He left us a comforter. Dwell on that comfort, accept it, and pray and ask God to make it obvious to you this morning that you are not alone. And go and read scripture and find verses that encourage you in the comfort that the Holy Spirit provides. Maybe you've made some wrong turns in your life. And you look back and you say, there's no way... God can get me where he wants me to go anymore. But have faith. Turn around this morning. Let the Holy Spirit recalculate your life and have faith that he can get you where God wants you to go. He will still get you there. He will not give up on you. Have comfort in following him as you proceed to the root. I want you to ask you right now to go ahead and just bow your heads and close your eyes wherever you're at, at the dining room table or on the couch somewhere. Just go ahead and close your eyes with us. The band's going to come. Ask yourself this morning, when was the last time I was comforted by the Holy Spirit? Am I living in that comfort? Or am I living in a constant state of fear and anxiety and doubt? God doesn't want that for you. 
That's not victorious Christian living. Would you take a moment, call out to God and ask him for the comfort that he promises us and promise him that you're going to receive it. And at first, that's going to be a moment-by-moment thing. Every time that thing that's got you so anxious and scared, you're going to have to say, God, I reject the fear, and I accept your comfort, and I trust you. It's a constant, habitual thing, a choice that I'm not going to live in the doubt and fear. I'm going to live in the comfort that God provides. Jesus told us when he left and ascended to heaven that he's going to leave us a comforter. For many of us, we don't use him. The Holy Spirit is in your life to give you peace and comfort this morning. Let's work towards being a church that lives in that comfort and you being a follower of Jesus that lives in that peace. Pray with me. Dear Jesus, in this time of struggle and troubles and tribulation, you promised us comfort. God, it's hard for us. It's hard for us to to trust you. We don't see you really moving around us. When it feels like you're far away. God, make yourself known to us this morning through your Holy Spirit. Wash over our minds and our hearts with the peace that passes all understanding. God, I pray for that one that's struggling today and, and can't see the end of what they're going through. God, I pray you would just breathe your Holy Spirit into their life and comfort them this morning. God, help us to pour over your word. Help us to go to you in prayer and receive the gift that you have given us. God, I pray for that one that's listening right now that might not know that they're a child of God. God, I pray they will call on you right now. God, if they've never put their faith in Jesus as the only means to save them and what Jesus did on the cross, I pray you would convict them right now, God. Show them their need for a Savior. Show them the uh, seriousness of their sin. God, but show them the the huge, amazing gift that your son gave us on the cross. Help them to call out to you right now. Lord, as we continue to worship, I pray you just give us a supernatural comfort. Not to sit back and do nothing, God, but to press forward with the confidence that you are standing right beside us. In your name we pray.